We cover our bases, face it, you can't erase us Back and forth, watch where it takes us Cultural topics and sports, baby, you know we got it Always our response is amazing Our bases covered, yeah Yeah, you know you love it, our thoughts, they be off of the dome First to the second, the topics, they change like the weather Then you know we bringing it home We cover our bases, face it, you can't erase us Back and forth, watch how we shine Cultural topics and sports, baby, you know we got it Always our responses be prime Our bases covered, Woo. Yeah, you know you love it, no limits to where we can go So do grab a seat Oh no, this ain't MLB, but you know it's time for the show All bases covered, my brothers, yeah, you know you love it We get it, yeah, we going in Yeah, we be focused like this is the bottom of night Baby, you know we ready to win Sports to pop culture, we cover those things that we supposed to Welcome to another Friday night edition of the All Bases Covered podcast We got everybody here on time this is a fucking Christmas miracle. Every, everybody's here on time. What a shocker. Hello. <laughs> uh, we do have a guest coming, calling in a little bit later today. We got uh, Dane going to be popping on for a little bit. Um, so we got we got Dane to come in and pop on talking football. Um you know, it's uh, I'm happy. Uh, this is our last show of 2022, and I have to call this out. Sam and I have been doing this show now for over a year. We started this, I believe. Well, what when did we start this in fall of 2021? Yeah, actually, uh, the ending of summer. I think it was like August. Okay. Yeah. So been doing it uh for over a year we're about to end the last episode of 2022 is today uh we will be taking monday off folks uh due to the Bengals bills game uh monday night football game uh so monday there will be no show but we'll pick it back up next friday um so boys how we doing man we got uh any plans for the new year's eve i mean we're all we're all boring and married with children so i don't think i think our days of Staying up late and watching the ball drop is uh, pretty much over. Yeah. Nope. That's going to be much. a night of watching football. Well, that's Go true. The college, football, the college football playoff is upon us. The semifinals starting tomorrow, kicking off with Michigan and TCU. I believe that kicks off at four. And then Ohio State and Georgia, the big one, at eight o'clock. So, going into this game, these games. Uh, let's start with Ohio State and Georgia, man. Uh, how how are you guys feeling about the Buckeyes and their chances in this game with Georgia? And, and Sam, I'm kind of curious how you feel too. If you think Ohio State's got any chance, they're th- I think they're currently six and a half point dogs to Georgia. Could I go ahead and just throw my two cents in real quick before uh, the the yeah. other Buckeye fa- fans decide to say whatever yeah. they have to say? So. Yeah. I think I think Ohio State's gonna win actually, because um, I think that it's like I so I, I again I feel like it's like a momentum type of thing. They got their loss out of the way in the regular season, pretty much, you know, against Michigan, right? Um, they 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 got that out of their system, and I feel like it's gonna it, they could be headed in the right direction, you know. And I, I always like rooting for the underdogs, anyways. That's just me, but that's my okay. two cents. Okay. No, I, I, I think it's going to be closer than what people think. I, everybody's calling for Georgia just to smash them, but I mean, there's games that Georgia has not looked good in, and so 
Ohio State has a shot. They really do. So, uh, for all the pundits that don't and, think and they six do. six points is not that do. much, right? In a, in a college football game, six-point yeah. favorites is not One score game. overwhelming, right? Is it? Two field right. goals. Yeah, I mean, I for me, you can't count Ohio State out. Anytime you got a team like Ohio State that's recruited in the top five nationally for the past five years, you can't. They have the talent. Now, my concern is, is can they run the ball against Georgia and not make C.J. Stroud throw the ball 45 times a game? Because uh, here's my thing. If, from what I'm understanding, a lot of people think that Kirby Smart is going to blitz and blitz a lot against Ohio State, but uh, that's not what I'm reading. I, I, I think he's going to basically do what the Bengals do on defense, which is he's going to drop eight guys in the coverage and make C.J. Stroud make the read. Now, that'll work if Ohio State can't run the seven yards of carry against Georgia's front front line, then they're not going to be able to drop eight guys back into coverage anymore. And I think Ohio State has a chance. But if they're dropping eight guys and Ohio State is running the ball at two, three yards a clip, it, it could be a long night for the Buckeyes. So, Wait, but does, um, don't, don't the Buckeyes have good receivers, Mike? They have great receivers. They have very good so, receivers. I, I, don't, I don't feel why it would be a problem for C.J. Stroud to, to throw it more than he's normally used to throwing. No, he's, he's used to throwing, throwing the ball against Michigan. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's used to throwing the ball a lot. But what I'm saying is Ohio State can't win that way. It'll work. It, you know, it works when you're playing Illinois and Michigan State. It's not going to work when you're playing top-tier teams. And it didn't work against Michigan, and it's not going to work against Georgia. They got to be balanced, and if, if Stroud, if if they can run the ball effectively against Georgia, it'll Stroud will look a lot better. But Stroud's not going to run. Stroud's not running the ball with his legs, and um, so Ohio State backs. Uh, what is it, Travion Henderson, Josh, and who's who's the other guy? Who's the other running back that's pretty good? Mine, Williams. Travion Henderson's done. That's, he's not playing. Oh, he's not. Trayvon Henderson. No, he's he's he, he, he's gearing up for the draft. He he he's he's sitting out the game. No, he's no, he's only a sophomore, so he's coming back oh. next year. But he's he's injured. He's oh. out. Oh, okay, I got you. I think okay. I think he he ends up having foot surgery, so that's that's why. Okay. So, uh, but to, I, your, to your point, the problem yeah. the problem is is if C.J. Stroud does not use his feet. The Buckeyes are going to get – they're going to get beat. C.J. Stroud has to run the ball when he can. It, like you said, if Georgia's going to drop eight, it, same thing we've seen in the Michigan. He had five, six, seven yards that he could have ran and to get yeah. closer to a, a second and short, a third and short. Um, but he just didn't do it. He kept trying to throw the ball, and then he either overthrew it, underthrew it, or just didn't do anything. So. Well, but – He's got to use his feet. If we establish the running game, I mean, we've got decent running backs. If we establish the running game, that's going to relieve, you know, relieve some stress off of CJ. And then that'll give him an opportunity to change up some plays and be able to hit his target. 
But if he's got to sit back there and they're like, oh, he's going to throw. No shit. He's going to throw. So he's not going to leave that pocket. He's not a runner. So they've got to establish the running game early. Yeah, and I got a question for for, uh, for both the uh, Ohio State guys. It, yeah, is can CJ Stroud not run, or does he choose not to run? No, he chooses. He not chooses. To. Yeah, he's he very athletic. Very athletic. It's just, I mean, he's been the way he's been trained his entire life as a quarterback is to be a pocket passer, and I mean, it's you know not a bad thing, but he's he needs to have a little bit more flexibility and be able to, uh, you know, extend the play out and actually move when necessary. I'm not asking him to run, you know, a hundred yards every game or anything like that, but damn it, move. Yeah. No, I, no. Yeah. He came out and said, he's, he's not a running quarterback. It's like he doesn't get paid to run the ball. He is paid to throw the ball, hit his receivers. But the problem is, is, when you underthrow, you, you you start blitzing him. He starts get panicky in that in the back. So if Georgia can get to him over and over and over, it's going to be a long night for him. We might we might see another Michigan blowout in the second half. So, but I think yeah. it'll be close in the first half. Like so, if how, not, how does, how does Georgia's front, front line match up to Michigan's front line? Well, Georgia's got two guys that are being counted. Taking in the top six picks of the draft, but so the heat is the on. Key to it, the key to it is getting Stetson Bennett moving. Mm. If they can, if they can apply pressure to Stetson Bennett, he is not the yeah. greatest quarterback to throw no. in the ball on the run. Like he can take off and run, but he's not the best accurate quarterback when he has to throw it on the run. Yeah. Oh, who's who's that? Who, who do I need to mute temporarily? <laughs> um. All right. Uh, so now that takes us to uh, Michigan and TCU. The other game. Um. I believe TCU is um fairly big dogs in this game. I'm talking like at least eight points or more. I have to pull that up here. Um. If Michigan, let's say Josh, Michigan, um, oh, there's seven and a half point favorites, Michigan. Let's say Michigan beat TCU, then they beat Georgia or Ohio State for the national title. Do you think Harbaugh stays at Michigan or now that, or if he wins the national title at Michigan, does he believe that he's accomplished all that he's going to accomplish there and does he go back to the NFL? I've said it for a while. I think he's going back to the NFL either way. He wants he wants to go back to the NFL. He wants to get that Super Bowl. That's what he wants. But let me ask you guys a question, Sam, Josh, Joe. Looking at the possible available jobs that are going to be open next season, you're probably looking at you got the Indianapolis Colts, maybe the Titans. The Titans might might say goodbye to Vrabel um, with the way this season's kind of ended. They lost six in a row. They were sitting at seven and three at one point this season, and they've dropped six in a row. So let's say the Titans, the Colts, we know the Broncos uh, are going to be okay. Texans. Um, Texans probably. And maybe the Saints. 
maybe the Saints in Carolina, probably, and maybe Arizona. And the Texans what, as well. What What's that? And the Texans and the Texans. I don't think the Texans are going to be open. I think they're going to keep Lovey Smith because the Texans have actually played hard, and they just don't have any talent. You can't fire a coach when you don't give them any talent to work with. That's true. They have the Texans probably. But he's a have, like, he's a lame duck coach anyway. Let's be yeah, honest. I know. I, 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 he's he's just holding the seat until someone else comes. Honestly. But did they fire the other black coach that they had for one season? Like, how many times are you going to fire uh, the the coach? They just fired their coach. Lovey Smith is in his first year there. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, don't I know. mean, they they literally they literally had they had David Cully, who was there. He was the head. He was a black head coach. He was there for the Houston Texans for twenty twenty one. He went in there not knowing that basically like if what the status of Deshaun Watson was going to be. And he went four and 13, they fired him and they brought in Lovey Smith. So you, I don't think the Texans are firing Lovey Smith and, and making it two coaches in a row that they gave one season to. I just, I don't see it happening. I, I just, I, there's no way, there's absolutely no way that they could do that. So, um, I think the Texans is going to be open, but we'll, going back to the Michigan, uh, we'll get back to the preview with TCU, but of those jobs, looking at the rosters, the Titans don't have a quarterback. They're going to say goodbye to Tannehill. Malik Willis doesn't look like he's the guy. The Colts don't have a quarterback. The Broncos maybe have a quarterback. We don't know. We don't know if Russell Wilson shot or if he just had a shitty season. And the Saints don't have a quarterback. And the Cardinals do. Is I mean, of all those options, is Arizona, even though they probably play in the toughest division of all those teams, is Arizona the 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 as far as roster goes, the best option? And would Harbaugh come back to maybe get a chance to go up against Pete Carroll and the Seahawks again and stick it to the, the former his former team, the forty ers it's a possibility. I definitely see that as a possibility. But I, I also think that he's he has done well without a quarterback. So I wouldn't rule out like a different team as well. That like of the teams that you mentioned that doesn't have a quarterback, I wouldn't rule out that yeah. as a possibility as well because uh, you know he can always draft one, develop one, whatever. You know, I don't know. Have one yeah. bad well, season, Colts- or two bad seasons, right? The Colts are interesting to me in that regard because he played for the Colts, right? They are in a much easier yeah. It's like decision. a it's like a storybook ending type of deal for him, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Go and go I win a natty at your win. alma mater, then go then go take over the Indianapolis Colts and try to win them a Super Bowl. And I, I told you he had a meeting with Andrew Luck and Jim Irsay when they at the Big Ten title game. Where there's yeah. smoke, there's typically fire. So. That could be uh, an option for him is Indy because they're going to have a high yep. draft pick and they can draft a quarterback. They could. Or they, they can could. go after Derek Carr. Now, do you guys see any scenario at all where TCU pulls off the upset against Michigan? There's always a chance. There's, yeah. There is a chance. And the reason why I say that is, Michigan has trouble against a running quarterback. Max Dugan can run the ball. So yeah. he is a difference maker. So 
we'll just have to see. But that defense is fucking terrible anyway, so that'll be tough. Well, let me ask you a question. If, if let's say let's say you guys yeah. beat Georgia, who would you rather see, TCU or Michigan in the in the national championship? Michigan, no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> TCU. That would make it all the more clear. Yeah, that's what I was saying. I thought TCU. You don't want to get stuck to yourself twice with <laughs> with Michigan this year. I mean, oh. I agree. Like, I would like to see. Ohio State against TCU just for the fact that I think we'd have a better shot. But at the same time, I do think that if it becomes, like, if for some reason the planets align and it becomes a Ohio State-Michigan national championship, I think a fire gets lit under the Ohio State players' asses to not get shown up like they did this last time. And and let's say for saying sake, uh, uh, you know, they lose again in the championship. It, does Ryan Day get fired at that point? No. no. Here, here's the other thing. A lot of people made a big deal about TCU's schedule and how many ranked teams they beat. But it's not looking good for the Big 12 in the bowl games. They haven't won a single game. Oklahoma lost to Florida State. Kansas lost. Oklahoma State lost to Wisconsin. Texas lost to Washington. Only Texas Tech won their bowl game so far. Kansas State still has to play, but they got to play Alabama, which is not looking promising in the Sugar Bowl. So, you know, TCU's schedule doesn't seem to stack up with the other conferences, even though they play, even though they beat one, two, three, four, five, six, six ranked teams this season. It's uh, and the fact that none of these teams are winning their bowl games is a little, I, I think, kind of concerning as to the validity of those rankings. Um, uh, well, you also got to remember how many how many players are actually playing in the bowl games, and how many have already said, you know what, we're we're not going to play because we're afraid to get hurt or whatnot. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Well. Tomorrow should make for some fun football. Um, you know, I haven't been watching any of these bowl games. I frankly haven't cared um, too much, but uh, I will probably be watching tomorrow. This will be, and I'll be watching like the the Rose Bowl game and, and the big the big games that are coming up. So I think uh, what are we looking at for uh, schedule here? Um, the Rose Bowl is that being played on Monday or is that being played on Sunday, Josh? Do you know? No, it'll be on Monday. The championship okay. game. No, not the championship game. Uh, the the Rose Bowl or like whatever the big major bowls are. I know the the Orange Bowls. Oh, the that's, Orange that's Bowls. The being January first, so it'll be Sunday. Okay. What do you want me? Uh, looks like uh, let's see. No, there's no games on January first. No, the Relia Quest Bowl is January second. The Cheez-It Citrus Bowl, Goodyear Cotton Bowl, and the Rose Bowl are all on Monday, January second. Oh, yeah, all on Monday. You got Penn State and Utah, and you got a terrible Cotton Bowl, USC and Tulane. What a, what a shit game. And then tomorrow, you got the Sugar Bowl at noon. You got, yeah, so then you got TCU and Michigan and Ohio State and Georgia. But, yeah, the, uh, the big one going on today is the Orange Bowl, Tennessee and Clemson. So, um, 
All right, moving on to uh, some NFL talk. Uh, the big news uh, that uh, was released a couple days ago was Carr being benched for the final two games. In fact, he's left the team facility. He's no longer with the team. Um, his future very much in doubt in Oakland. Um, I think Josh McDaniels is a fucking train wreck, guys. Like, this is now the second time he's been handed the keys to the car, and he's driven it off the cliff. He didn't last long in Denver. And it doesn't look like he's going to last long in Oakland. And I, he's losing the locker room. I mean, you're out of the playoffs already. Why not just play the guy? And Carr is not the, the the problem. Carr is he the best quarterback? No. Is he an average to above average quarterback? Yeah, I think so. I think he's he's a, around there. He's a top probably fifteen or sixteen quarterback in the league right now. But who the fuck are you going to get? Is Tom Brady coming to Las Vegas? Doubtful. Are you going to go out and get Jimmy Garoppolo? Yeah. There's about 20 teams that want Jimmy Garoppolo, including the exactly. Jets, Sam. Exactly. And, like, you know, yeah, right. fuck, dude. And, and, and you're going to have a draft pick that's in the in the, in the the mid to low teens or mid to high teens. Uh, you won't so have a, the chance to draft a quarterback. Exactly. A good one, at least. Exactly. Right? Yeah, 100% correct. But I fuck if I know. I mean, Aaron Rodgers will be there. I don't. Do you think so? Do you really think? Aaron you think, Rodgers I don't. Will I don't think so, man. I don't think so. There's a shot. I don't see it happening. They they were they were rumored to be the last time around, right? So there could yeah. be a shot. I I don't see it, man. I don't I don't see that at all either. Maybe maybe and then Devon, So here's the thing. Next year, depending on the quarterback situation, Devontae Adams is either going to go very high, like in the first two rounds again in, in fantasy football drafts, or if they're stuck with, like, Jared Stidham or Geno Smith, Devontae Adams is going to go, like, in the fourth or fifth round in, in drafts. So, it's definitely – but if Rodgers goes there, yeah, I could see I could see them winning some ball games. But I just – I don't know, man. He's already one of – he would have to get traded or cut, though, by the Packers, right? Because he's still got a yeah, lot of money. he left still has him. a lot of money owed to him. And, yeah. you know, the, there's still guaranteed money there that he has to get paid. Well, I think I, he can he can get out of the contract after this year, but it was like uh, $40 million. So that his that the Packers would have to, to pay him. So they might not have the money to pay him next year. So they might they might say, hey, we'll trade people, we'll trade you now. Oh, you can you can go somewhere else. I think no, no, no. He signed it. He signed a two-year. Did he sign a two or three-year? He signed a three-year, two-year, but with a player option to get out of, out of the first year after the first year. Okay. Oh, okay. Right. Well, I mean, if they 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 have other people to pay on the on the Raiders roster, I mean, if they're going to pay Jacobs, Jacobs is going to get paid too, right? If they're going to pay him, right? If they're going to let him go, they're going to let him go, right? Or they franchise tag. I don't think I don't think Jacobs wants to come back. I don't think he wants to come back to the Yeah, Raiders. he's openly said that he's very frustrated with the way that, you know, things are being done over there. So I don't think he wants to come back, but at the same time if they offer him the most amount of money, who knows? Right? Yeah. Also, Josh, to 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 clarify something, I'm looking at Rogers' contract. 2023, it's after next season that he's got the potential opt-out, not after 2022. Right. 
So it's a three-year with a, with an opt-out after the second. Right? Okay. Yeah, I thought it was after this yeah, year. Yeah, the, uh, the contract extension doesn't kick in until 2023. So 2022 was still part of the old contract. The extension kicks in starting with 2023, so he can opt out to the 2023 season. So he still has at least one year that he has to stay there. Now, if the Packers decide to trade him, then that's different. They can't really cut him because if they cut him before next season, he has a dead cap hit of $99 million. So cutting him cutting him is not an option. I don't think they would cut him. I think they would trade him. No, but whatever team that also takes him on will also have to keep in mind uh, whatever's left over from his his, his new deal. Um, they'd have to be able to take that on as well, right? Yeah. That's true, too, yeah. They'd have to be able to take the cap hit, which his, his cap hit starting in 2023 is $31 million, and then in 2024, if he doesn't opt out, it's $40 million. And he'd be forty-one, and basically his contract. And it's, hard, and it's hard to build it. It's hard to build a team. You said it many times, Mike. It's hard to build a team when yeah. you're paying one person that much money. Exactly. Exactly. I just, yeah. I mean, these quarterbacks. I, I know they they get a lot of the blame when things go wrong, and they get all a lot of the praise. But I think if a quarterback is smart because quarterbacks are, like, one of the few positions that can get endorsements and are pretty recognizable. Like, anybody will recognize anybody would recognize Joe Burrow, Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes if they saw him on the street. Not everybody's going to recognize a Clyde Edwards-Alaire or a fucking T.J. Watt without their helmet on, right? So, um, you know, I, if I was a quarterback, I would take, like, $35 million a year instead of, like, 50-55 and say, keep that money, build around the team, because I'm going to make my money elsewhere anyways. So, um, or, or, put, or put the onus on the team to be like, hey, listen, since I'm taking less money, help me find more endorsement deals. Yeah, exactly. That's a good point, too. Yeah, go to the owner and be like, hey, get me in whatever businesses, fucking put me in commercials and shit like that. Um. There was a interesting that's, that's trade. That's exactly what the Bengals need to do with uh, with the uh, Burrow. Yeah, give him some endorsement deals. Um, I think so. Sorry. Well, with speaking uh, of the Bengals, oh, go ahead. Luke. Okay, sorry. I was just saying. Speaking of the Bengals, there was an interesting floated out there by uh, NFL Network analyst, and it was the Bengals moving up to the number two pick that is currently held by the Bears and trading the Bears not only their first-round pick this year, which is which is expected to land between somewhere between 26 and, and 32, but a first-round pick next year as well as T. Higgins in order to secure the number two pick, which would they would uh, which they would select Will Anderson, the edge, out of Alabama. How do you guys – how do you guys feel about that trade? I'm not a huge fan of it. That, that second uh, first round that, that's being added in, I think that's a little too much. I think T. Higgins by himself and a first round would be enough. Uh, I still think. Yeah, but down from number two, eight. So yeah, but usually but the, the Bears are desperate. The Bears are desperate for receivers. And Higgins fits yeah. the mold. 
Yeah, there's there's plenty of veteran linemen out there. Uh, well, it's not an offensive lineman; it's a defensive lineman. Oh, the defensive lineman. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I I'm still not. I like having. I mean, with I know Higgins is going to be hard to keep, uh, but I like having you know Chase Higgins. A lot of well, we're already going to lose Boyd. We're already going to lose Boyd, right? Boyd is a free agent, I believe, either after this year or after next season. We're not going to re-sign Boyd, so that that's a hit to the weapons there. We don't really have. We have an okay tight end in Hayden Hurst. He's pretty good tight end. He's not a special tight end. Joe Mixon is a is a solid running back. So is Samaj Perine, but. I you know I I don't think it would hurt the Bengals depending on where they draft at this year and what's available to take a look at you know not only adding some defensive linemen uh, in the draft this year but if a wide receiver sitting out there like let's say let's say the Bengals pick it I don't want this to be true because like, I'd like them to be picking thirty second that means we won the Super Bowl but let's say let's say twenty eight we're picking at twenty eight and Jackson Smith and Jigba is still there. Is he worth taking in the first round? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know you're going to lose Boyd. Then if you draft in Jigba, then, you know, losing Boyd doesn't hurt as bad. And then you can also possibly look at trading Higgins if need be or or if you can't resign him because he wants, like, big-time dollars, then – than letting him walk in free agency. But it's, it's just such a fine line. And um, when you're roster managing, you know what you got to spend money on. There's there's three – to me, there's three positions that you spend a lot of money on. That's quarterback, offensive line, and defensive line. And because you can win a Super Bowl with one really great receiver, no one's ever won a Super Bowl without – uh, without a great offensive line and with a mediocre defense, it's never it's never happened before. But you know, show me a team that won that you know you can even win a Super Bowl if your roster is loaded and you have an average quarterback. We saw the Ravens do it with Flacco. We've seen the the we saw the Ravens do it twice with Flacco and Dilfer, and we we've seen Brad Johnson for Tampa Bay get a Super Bowl and we've seen some other teams get to the Super Bowl or win Super Bowls with the average quarterback but you got to have outstanding team around them and you know Burrow's obviously very good but you're going to have to spend money on offensive line but uh um but for the Sam for the Bears though if they did get Higgins let's say this trade actually came to fruition having Higgins Mooney and Claypool. Is that enough? I mean, to me, that seems like a pretty good complement of weapons. Plus, you got Cole Komet. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then you still have Cole Komet. You still have Montgomery yeah. and Herbert. Um, you still have uh, – they have one more guy. No, not Pringle. I mean, okay, so, yeah, that's pretty much your, your receiving core. You have two running backs and a tight end and, and three decent receivers. Yeah, like, but I think Higgins, Mooney, I think Higgins like, is the is the best out of those three. Obviously, he is, he is, and I would probably put Mooney as second and Claypool as the third best wide receiver. That's how I would rank it. But still, right. that's I mean that's that's 
I mean, if Fields can't start throwing for over 200 yards with that group of receivers. That, yeah, then it's a problem. Then you know that he has a problem. Right? Exactly. Because then he looks like a one trick pony that could just run. Yeah. I mean, more than Lamar Jackson's ever. Like I said. Go ahead, Mike. Yep, yep. That group of that group of receivers, if they if they pulled that trade off, and it was Higgins, Claypool, and Mooney, is more than Lamar Jackson's ever had in his entire That's career with true. the Ravens. That's absolutely true. because the Ravens kept trying to draft and develop a receiver, and it never worked. It never worked. Even Marquise Brown was like okay, right? Like he wasn't anything special. Yeah, Marquise, Marquise no. Brown wasn't something special to be honest with you. He right. was just he right. had speed, and he had a couple of really uh, good plays, and he wasn't consistent. He stayed injured. Rashad Bateman yeah. injured. Everyone that, that that Baltimore decides to trot out at receiver, since they've won the Super Bowl, uh, has sucked. Yeah, exactly. 100%. And, yo, they won. They won the Super Bowl with, like, Anquan Bolden, Jacoby Jones, like a bunch of balls at receiver. Right. Right. Hey, Dane, welcome. Welcome to the show. I wasn't sure if you were yep. making on, man. Hey, man, I got to make this money. You know, married life is expensive. <laughs> hey, well, we were, uh, real quick, we were about to talk at Bengals, Bills, a huge Monday night game. We were talking about a potential trade that was rumored to the Bengals. Uh, but we got Bengals, Bills, Monday night. A lot's at stake here. Bills lose this game. They're dropping down to the number three seed. If the Bengals lose, there's a good chance they don't even win their division and they drop to, like, the fifth seed. But if they if the Bengals win, they're on the fast track for the number one seed potentially. So a lot at stake for playoff seeding in this game. Both teams are on win streaks. I think uh, the Bills have won six in a row. The Bengals are at seven in a row. Um, this is – as heavyweight matchup that we've seen, usually these games aren't, aren't on, on Monday night football. Usually this is like the Sunday night game. Uh, I think Monday. I think uh, ESPN gets extremely lucky having this game on a Monday night. Um, I'm kind of curious what your guys' thoughts are, uh, how this game's going to go. Um, the weather looks to be pretty good. It might be rainy somewhat on Monday. I'm not sure. But it's going to be like close to sixty degrees on Monday, uh, so I, I mean, I, I think I'm kind of expecting uh, some fireworks as far as airing the ball out. I mean, yes, I, I'm. It's going to be a good game. Uh, their defense yeah. is pretty decent. Um, I don't know if they really have an answer for all the firepower that we have. Um, also, I think what's going to play to our advantage is that the Bengals have always, and I don't see this changing anytime soon, but they always play to the level of their competition, it seems like. Yeah. That seems like a thing that they still do. So if it's anything like it was last year where we had we had to beat the Chiefs, the Chiefs were on a fucking tear, and – it's like if they come out the first half and are swinging haymakers at us, but we come back and 
ultimately win that game and then not only win that game, win the AFC Championship, kind of the same circumstances, win again this year against them. You know, I think that it'll be a field goal. It's going to come down to a field goal. Um, I like our kicker better than than theirs. Um, but, well, I, I know mean, pretty Josh Allen also hasn't been – Josh Allen also hasn't been putting up these crazy, insane numbers the last few weeks that he has been all season. you got to remember, just last week off of a Chicago team that literally has nothing to play for, this dude threw, what, three interceptions and threw a touchdown and rushed for one, but threw for under 200 but yards in that win. The weather, was, the weather was terrible in Chicago. The wind was blowing about 35 miles per hour. It was cold. My only, bad weather. My only pushback. My only pushback to that is, is if we're talking about the San Francisco 49ers, I'm giving you that argument. This is the Buffalo Bills. This is business as usual for them up in Buffalo. They just beat a fucking Miami Dolphins team in that same type of inclement weather. I'm not. No, no. But you have to also take in mind, take, keep in mind that that Josh Allen's been injured ever since his elbow got 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 injured. He's been playing hesitant. You can see it, yeah. the yep. way that he throws, also, the way that he plays. A lot more, a lot more conservative. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. Ever since that, that injury, he's not the same quarterback. And then to your point with the, the, the defense, the defense is not as good now that Von Miller's been out okay. here. So yeah. once he's out, that, that defense that. is completely different. They're not, they're not really stopping people. What's, what it's going to come down to is who has the better run game. In this game, that's what I feel. Firepower, firepower, receivers, receivers. We got it. Uh, that's going to be pretty even. It's going to come back back down to the running game. Who can control the line of scrimmage, run the ball, and take time off the clock? All right. Now here's my question to that. Then, do we? Do you start? Do you give P. Ryan the nod because he's been he's been running pretty well since uh, Mixon went down. Even go even when he's been going back to the number two spot, because I think if it if it comes down to that, that might be a conversation that goes on in those meeting rooms down at uh, Paul Brown Stadium. No, it's Mixon's job. Uh, he's gonna be running. Yeah, the I ball. still think it's Mixon's job too. But I think what they should do is they should plan for a bigger game plan to involve uh, Piran instead of. Piran. Relying just on on Mixon, I feel like it should be a, a mixed game plan for both. But even Piran didn't look great against the Patriots last week. Yeah, but the yeah, Patriots have, are they're they're good against yeah, the run. That's, that's their Belichick. He's actually good against the run, always. Right, and that's also that's also like the best the best halftime adjusting head coach in the history of the NFL. Like, I'm not holding that against him, that he couldn't run. Joe Burrow didn't even throw a touchdown pass. They didn't put any points up in that second half. They literally made it by the skin of their teeth and the hair of their hair on their nuts, and it's because they have a young squad. And that, that just goes to show you how good of a coach Belichick is at making adjustments, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. So I'm not holding that against him at all, that he couldn't run well against a Patriot, a Bill Belichick coach defense. <laughs> that was getting the ball slung on them for 30 minutes and then comes out and literally pitches a shutout against that against that offense? Nah, I'm not yeah, on that against him. He shut down that whole offense. 
I mean, didn't Buffalo uh, and Minnesota Soda put up a lot of points up against the Patriots? I mean, I granted they only ran for fifty-seven yards, but freaking Kirk Cousins was thirty of thirty-seven for three hundred yards, three touchdowns, and an interception against the Patriots in that game. I mean. I, I don't think the defense is that. I mean, they didn't. They they got whacked, and then Buffalo beat them twenty four to ten. And I think Buffalo had a fairly decent success rate uh, running the ball. Yeah, they ran the ball yeah, for one hundred thirty yards. Yeah, but Buffalo also knows them. They beat them twice a year. That's, so I'm not that's really, true. Not really impressed with. Yeah, I'm not really impressed you guys taking the divisional aspect of that team. Yeah. Also, we got to stop talking like Kirk Cousins is a scrub. Like he's not, he's not. Well, I won't even say Tom Brady right now. He's not. You like that? Any of these? Yeah, like he's not. <laughs> I mean, Kirk Cousins is out here, man. Like they don't like that. He can sling the ball. Like he, he is not a scrub. So you get. I'm not a saying guy who is a scrub. I still like think him. he's a scrub, bro. I'm not gonna lie. I still think he's a scrub. I know he's. Not. It, 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 no, he he's might not. not be a scrub, but he's, he's not much better than Andy Dalton. I know, exactly. Yeah, That's the cop. That's the cop right there. I agree, but Andy Dalton also doesn't have a generational talent like fucking Justin Jefferson catching yeah. circus balls for fucking 60 minutes a game either. But the last time like, Andy Dalton was good, he did, have a, he did have a great talent at wide receiver. His name was A.J. Green. That was the last time Andy Dalton was a He had a lot of talent. At one, he had Marvin Jones. He had fucking yeah. baby hawk. Like, he had talent. He, like, Tyler Eifer, when, you know, his last body wasn't shattered. He had it. Like, yeah. Dalton had weapons. And and it goes to show, like, having a good weapon, having a good weapon to throw to, the only thing that's better than having one good weapon to throw to is two. <laughs> like, that's that, it, makes, it makes the difference. You know, if you have a guy that they can't really cover, and they cover up to the best of their ability, and he's just making these crazy fucking catches. Like, there's not much you can really – like, there's not much that anybody can do about that. I mean, you can make the same argument with the Bills. They shouldn't have won that game. Kirk Cousins was throw, Kirk was throwing 50-50 balls to get them in the halftime – or the halftime, the overtime. Those were all 50-50 balls where it's just like, I, J.J. would get it. Just go up and, and get it. fucking got him. <laughs> and he went up and fucking got him. So, I mean, that's that's a little different. That's still a Bill Belichick coach defense. And when they're yeah. good, they're good. And, every, and even his elite defenses have shit to bed at least one game. Remember 2012 when fucking um, the Browns, when uh, Colt McCoy was starting and manhandled them? That's another one of them. But that was a top-ten-ranked defense back then. That They, they should have. They should have done anything but won that game, and they did. You know, everybody has their moment. Tannehill led Dolphins beat the, the uh, an exceptional Patriots defense as well. But yeah, yeah. Hey, so um, real quick, guys, we got about 16 minutes to go. There's a couple things I want to get touch on here. Uh, next, uh, but really, um, I want to move off. NFL and football for a little bit since basically our entire show has been devoted to that and go on to some NBA talk here. Um, I got to say, dude, Luca's been doing exceptional 
I don't know if you saw, but he posted what, like a sixty, twenty, and ten triple double. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah. Ridiculous. And he followed it up with another triple double. Yeah, he followed that up with like a thirty-five, thirteen, and twelve triple double. So, like, I, I thought there's to me there's three guys right now that have separated themselves for the MVP race in the early going. And okay, to me, it's it's Embiid, it's Luca, okay. and it's yep. and. Durant, and I say Durant because of the situation that Brooklyn was in at the beginning of the season. They were two and six. It was looking like another bust of a season, and now all of a sudden they're the number two team in the East with a twenty-three and twelve record. And Durant is just—he's not like overwhelming like some of these other guys, but Durant quietly is averaging seven rebounds, five assists one-and-a-half blocks and 29 points a game, almost 30 points a game. He's at 29-9, almost 30 points a game as the Nets look completely rejuvenated now with the new coach. And I know there'll be some people that are like, well, what about Giannis? What about Jokic? And, you know, that's, that's all fine. That's all well and good. Uh, but, you know, I still like – I think those are my top three. It, it would be Embiid. It's going to be – Luke is number one right now for me because there's nothing – if you look at that Dallas roster, it's a travesty what they put around him following up a Western Conference Finals appearance. Dallas is – Yeah, they added, they added Kemba Walker of all people. Yeah, they added Kemba Walker. They let, they let Jalen Brunson leave. They, left, they let Jalen Brunson leave in the offseason – and they, they got Christian Wood, Spencer Dinwiddie, Tim Hardaway Jr., Maxi Kleber, Dwight Powell, Dorian Finney-Smith. None of those guys would be the second or even third best player on the Celtics, on the 76ers, on the Nets, on the fucking Nuggets, on, on the Warriors, any of these teams. Like Christian well, okay, Wood so I, I, I will say one thing. In in defense yeah. to that, Luca's the type of star where I feel like he can't play his game if he has an yeah. equivalent star next to him. So okay. if he has like uh, I don't I, I hate to say this because Harden is is a lot older now, but even if yeah. he had a Harden, I don't think Luca can play his game. I think Luca needs to have a, a bunch of really good players around him in order for him to do what he's doing. I mean, here's I the thing, man. You're talking, you're talking about a ball-dominant guard, not a forward. Like, if you yeah, add... Yeah, also, we never... Yeah. Oh, you're real right. quick, I was going to say, we never had... Yeah. We never really seen Luca play in that situation, so we really... It's more speculative than anything. Like, he's all... Well, I they mean, tried, really, they they tried with, with, with uh, Chris Stapp's Porzingis. That's the closest they got. They got Porzingis yeah, but even on a deal, and he played well. He played well, and they got rid of him. Yeah. All right, and as soon as he got okay. to the Wizards, he's been playing lights out. Porzingis is playing absolutely lights out the last year, year and a half. He is. He's averaging thirty. He's averaging thirty-four points a game, eight, uh, almost nine rebounds, nine assists. He leads the. He leads the Mavericks in points, rebounds, assists, and steals. 
That's, I mean, that's unbelievable. Unbelievable. So, uh, but yeah, I think he's my early pick, man. Um, I, I gotta, I gotta give it to him. I, I gotta say that, that, that's my early pick for the MVP right now. Um, I'm still putting Joker in the mix because yeah, there's this, there's some shit that he does that's just mind boggling, you know? Again, he's, he's the driving force just like Luca is in the, in the team winning game. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, I'll say I really don't of... have anything to add to that. <laughs> Speaking of uh, Durant, where would you guys rank him all time? Not just at his position of small forward, but all time. Because I think Durant is one of these dudes. Where you look at it, I think he's won two championships, right? But those are heavily scrutinized because of the way it happened. And then I think the third one he lost because he got hurt in the finals. Him and Thompson, that's when Golden State basically was completely injured and they lost to Toronto. But Durant, to me, is he top is he top fifteen all time, Kevin Durant, or is he more like top twenty five, top thirty all time? Like there's, there's so many good players. There's so many good players though. There's I'd so say top play, thirty. Like, yeah, top thirty for you, Josh. Yeah, I'd say okay. top thirty. I, I got Steph and I would Curry put Steph Curry him. over over Durant as well. I would people of his. Well, I mean, people of his his peers, I would. There's a couple of his peers I'd put above him. Yeah, you're definitely putting LeBron above him. You're definitely probably putting Steph. Yep. Steph is above him, and maybe even if Kawhi Leonard could ever get fucking healthy and win and win win the world championship. That's the neck and neck part, right? Yeah. Yep. Like, I mean, mean could you argue that the guy's not cracking the, the top ten ever? What? What did you not even say on the back sorry. end of the top ten. He's not Hell even. Hell no! All right, so he let's make it on the. No, he's not touching top ten, bro. I'm sorry. No way. Uh, let's okay. talk about the top. Let's talk. Well, let's you're talking about back end. Well, you're talking all time, right? You're yeah, talking all time. That's right. Never mind. All time. Never mind. Yeah, and we're yeah, not. Okay. We're not Never even mind. talking Never like it's positionless, right? So it's not like a top ten, top fifteen forwards. We're talking like all positions. All positions. Yeah. And. Yeah, if you're nah. taking – if I'm looking at the back end of the top ten, like let's just take who I would have seven, eight, nine, and ten. That's Wilt Chamberlain, okay. Larry Bird, Tim Duncan, and Kobe Bryant. Uh, he, ain't, he ain't coming up there. Wow. He's not coming up not there. even He's close. Like, you're one of the first – you're one of the first people to have Kobe on the back end of a top ten. Yeah. I mean, you probably – you have like Oscar Robertson. You have other guys. Jerry West, right? That are above my, Kobe. No, well, no. In my top five, it's my top five. Is one is Jordan, two is LeBron, three is Kareem. Okay. Four is Matt. Okay. Four is Magic Johnson. Four is Magic Johnson, and then at five, who's your um, I gotta put. I'm putting Bill Russell there at number five. Then number six is like. Uh, uh, whoever I just rattled off there, Larry, uh, probably Wilt Chamberlain at six, Larry Bird at seven. Um, you you know, got to get Shaq uh, up there too. I don't, I don't yeah. know if I have Shaq over. 
over those guys, over the guys I mentioned. I don't know if I got Shaq over there. Over, over no, the I, I think it was Shaq to me. Like, do you have Shaq over? Well, do you have Shaq over Kobe? No, because there's an argument. There's no. an argument for that. There's an argument. Yeah. I mean, I got Tim Duncan over let's, Shaq. Let's hear your argument, Dane. Let's hear it. You are. I mean, when did Kobe make it back to the finals after when he? When uh, Shaq left, what was that? Oh, eight. He did. Yeah, yeah he, he, he went up against right. the Celtics, right? And yeah, then, but, and the Magic and the yeah, Celtics, but, right? But he lost against the Celtics, and oh nine, oh nine was the Magic, right? Yeah, but then they beat they beat right. the Celtics too. He won two titles. Yeah, then they beat the Celtics the year times. after. After losing yeah. to them, they won the the following year. Yeah. Yep. And then he beat the Magic. I mean, you know, and so he went to. He's got five rings, dude, yep. and and they had to put a team around much, him. If you look at the team that they put around him after Shaq left and Phil Jackson retired, fuck. Yeah. That shit was garbage. Straight right. hot like garbage, Like, so garbage dude. that they had to bring back, that they had to bring back fucking Phil Jackson. Yeah. Like, they went with... And, and the only or, star, the only star they, they had was Paul Gasol, really, if you think about it. Or those two other rings. With Powell. Yeah. They went with Rudy. They went Rudy Tomjanovich, then they begged Phil Jackson to come back. And here is his roster. Here is his roster the first year Phil Jackson came back. Kwame Brown. Andrew Bynum. Devin George. Aaron Mackey. Chris Mim. Smush Parker. Ronnie Turrioff. Luke Walton. And fucking Lamar Odom. That was it. He had Lamar Odom, <laughs> and he had a bunch of fucking G League players around him. It wasn't until they swung the trade for Pal Gasol that shit, and then Bynum finally became a halfway yes. decent player. But, it right. was like, other than that, they they had some shit on those teams. And so it was really only – it was – it was Kobe, Powell, and Lamar Odom that really carried them, and, and, and a young Andrew Bynum and Trevor Ariza uh, that kind of carried them. But, man, Kobe didn't have shit to work with. So, um, Yeah, all right. Yeah, there's no way Kevin Durant cracks that top 15 because you haven't even mentioned yeah. Jerry West and you're at 10. You haven't mentioned Shaq, Hakeem, right. any of these other guys, right? What about and what about is it? Do you take him over D Wade or Dirk Nowitzki? No, no, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. Oh. I'm sorry, it, I don't. It, Hell yeah, no. And then, and then let's not even. Uh, did we even talk about? We haven't even talked about adding Carl Malone to that list yet. Yeah, he's exactly points leader. And Olajuwon and Hakeem Olajuwon has not been mentioned yet right. either. So, yeah, for me, Durant is struggling to even crack the top 25 at this point. Granted, there's too many good players. Do you have if you go all time, there's way too many good players. Yeah. Do you have Barkley before well, uh, Durant? No, I think I would take Durant over Barkley. I would. I, think I would, I would, too. Take, I would Durant take Durant over okay. Barkley as well. Okay. Yeah. All right, but, what about, what about Muggsy Bogues? 
Oh, fuck you, Dan. Now, I'm, I'm, fuck you. I'm fucking with no, so, you. No, know you know what's funny? All these peers, you know what, who's creeping close to it, probably his position is Giannis, right? Yeah. yeah. Giannis, Giannis is, about, is hey, one closer to Durant than Durant is to these other guys. Stockton, to me, Stockton's not up. Stockton's in the top 50, obviously, but I can. there's a lot of players even now that I would take over Stockton. I would probably take Chris Paul over John Stockton all time. I think um, Steve Nash that, over over uh, um, him. I take Jay Kidd over him as well. I wouldn't take Jason Kidd, but I would take I, – I, I'm with you on Nash. You're, probably, you're taking Isaiah Thomas over John Stockton, obviously. I, I would even probably take Gary Payton over John Stockton. Oh, yeah, because you get – yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, a, that's a fair bet. Oh, I, yeah. I don't know, man. That's a, that's an interesting conversation. I, I I think a lot of people will say, well, Durant's got two championships, so he should automatically be up there over certain Yeah, but guys, he got but, those two on a yeah, loaded Warriors team, win. and, and, and Curry's yeah, ranked above also, him. Like, right? loaded, loaded or not, he went to a 73-9 and nine team. Right. Yeah. Like, people, for, yeah. people fucking forget that. Like, he went – like, there is a whole fucking Jordan 11 to commemorate 72 and 10, and that team that he went to ruined that. It's 70 players. Yeah. They were 73 and 9, and, like, he went to them. I'm not saying and, that he didn't, like, I'm not one of those guys who's like, oh, he didn't earn the ring. He was on the team. They signed him. He went, that's what, that was his decision. They won the chip. They were running shit like it is what it is. But to sit here and be like, like stock, you know, stacked or not, like you, like stacked or not, that's a seventy-three win team that he went on. Like for his talent, he wasn't even the most talented motherfucker on that fucking team. Yeah, that's exactly. The craziest exactly. part about that. Exactly. Like, exactly. And he's and up at thirty. It isn't even the number one guy on that team. Yeah, they had four guys. And it, probably they had four and guys. Went, and they went without him. Five. Yeah, they they had four guys on that team, including Durant. It was Durant, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, and Steph Curry. And I'll even throw in Andre Iguodala. Five guys that probably ranked in the top forty players in the league at the time. And. The only, yeah. you know, there's other teams you can compare to, but if you look at the Bulls' third run or second run with Rodman and Pippen and Jordan, Pippen and Jordan were both probably top 10 players in the league at the time. Rodman was probably a top 30 player. It would have been like adding, uh, in, in 1998, it would have been like adding fucking Carl Malone or, or <laughs> fucking Gary Payton yep. to the Bulls. To a team that was like in 1996. Sorry, after after winning 72 games and winning the championship, go ahead. And add I would be like adding a team, you know. It's like adding a team. Yeah, we're adding a team. Yeah, that team would have won. That team would have gone 82 and 0, man. That both team would have gone 82 and 0 if they added someone like. If they had a team, it's over. It's. A, I think it's it's officially yeah. over. That that squad would be yeah. too good. The ball speed of the year. Where do you guys have a? Uh, where do you guys have uh, Patrick Ewing? Top. 50, a little bit lower, 50. man. He doesn't have the – he has the all-star nods. He has um, yeah. a couple other things. He, he led the league in rebounding. 
and maybe even blocks early in his career or whatever the case was. But um, he doesn't have, like, the defensive player of the year, multiple defensive player of the year that Hakeem has, right? Um, right. He okay. didn't have – he and he also was, like, he wasn't winning on that Knicks squad. He they won. really didn't – when they made runs later on and, it, and, and they made it to the finals, he was so old, his knees were gone, dude. Yeah. Well, and if you look at his contemporaries, Sam, right? Like, if you look at guys – on the uh, that played in his era, Elijah Wan were better than him, right? Yeah, you would say yeah, absolutely. And then and then once Shaq came along, Shaq was better than Ewing, right? Towards the towards the near the end of his career, from like ninety two to like ninety six, Shaq was the better player. Alonzo Mourning was probably equal to Ewing, I would say, or a pretty like a really good player, Hall of Famer, but. Uh, yeah, during that during that time frame, Olajuwon and Robinson were were much better than Patrick Ewing overall. And I would yeah, say, they had you they, know, they 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 took on the, they had those accolades. They had MVPs, right? Defensive Player of the Years, uh, Finals appearances, yeah. Finals wins, right? Yeah. So uh, crazy. Well, we didn't get to a lot of this shit I wanted to get to, uh, but that's good. That means we were <laughs> not trying to fill for time. Uh, Dane, thank you for coming on, man. I hope uh, maybe you'll be able to join us again uh, for a full show uh, another one of these days. Uh, but I appreciate yeah. that's all the time. Yeah, guys. let me know. I'll try my best, man. Okay, bud. Um, it's uh, I, I'm wishing everybody a happy new year. This is the final show of 2022. We once uh, we'll be taking Monday off, but we will be back at it again on Friday. So happy new year, everybody. Uh, and uh, we will be back at it on Friday. So thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening. We cover our bases, face it, you can't erase us, back and forth, watch where it takes us. Cultural topics and sports, baby, you know we got it, always our response is amazing. Our bases covered, yeah, yeah, you know you love it, our thoughts, they be off with a dome. First to the second, the topics, they change like the weather, then you know we bringing it home. We cover our bases, face it, you can't erase us, back and forth, watch how we shine. Cultural topics and sports, baby, you know we got it, always our responses be prime. Our bases covered, Woo. yeah, you know you love it, no limits to where we can go, so do grab a-